This is Including You, the new series from Lead at Any Level. Including You features stories from chief diversity officers and other executives who are creating inclusive cultures in their organizations. Our goal is to show what's working in companies just like yours, to give you the tools you need to keep pushing for progress in your own workplace. We want to create belonging and opportunity for everyone, including you. And now here's your host, Amy C. Wanninger. Welcome back to Including You. I'm your host, Amy C. Wanninger, the Inclusion Catalyst. My guest today is LaTanya Williams. She's the Director of Supplier Diversity at Vondalanda, a market-leading global partner for logistics process automation in the warehousing, airport, and parcel sectors. Vondalanda has 9,000 employees in 29 countries. LaTanya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Amy. I'm excited to talk to you today because we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to talk about contracting in the big commercial space, and we're going to talk a little bit about primes and subs and how those relationships work, and also about how Vondalanda is growing small businesses as subcontractors. So let's start just a little bit with what kinds of contracts does Vondalanda pursue for itself? Some of the contracts that Vondalanda pursues for themselves are airports because we're the baggage handling system. We, we deal with that. We develop those and service those baggage handling systems at over 600 airports globally. And in the U.S., all of our airports are owned by the government. So that's where the government contracting comes in for the airport space here in the U.S. But we also are in warehousing and parcel services. So we design those systems as well. So you're really doing construction, but you're also handling ongoing management of the baggage handling systems? That's correct. Okay. I just want to give folks a baseline of understanding of kind of where this world is and and how you fit in. So with baggage and materials handling, so it's very, it's a technical feel because we typically are looking for subcontractors who deal with mechanical installation or electrical installation, general contractors, freight. There's lots of opportunity there for us to work with small businesses in different capacities, stamping. But because of the space that we are in, it's typically those technical fields that we're looking to work with. Got it. Now, you all are considered a prime contractor. And can you explain for folks who aren't familiar with the with procurement processes or with bidding processes, what does a prime contractor mean? And then how do subs fit in? So the prime contractor is typically the one who's awarded the contract. They're the ones held accountable. They're responsible for the end product of it. For larger contracts, it would be a larger company typically that would be able to undertake something like that because of the cost involved and the risk involved. Subcontractors more than likely are smaller businesses, not necessarily mom and pop, but for instance, in the airport space, they typically want the subcontractors to have a DBE, which is a disadvantaged business enterprise certification. And what that means is that the owner of that business 
personal network currently is not over 1.32 million. And so that would be considered a small disadvantaged business. Got it. So you, Vondalanda, bids on a contract. If you're awarded the contract, then you take pieces of it and award that out to subcontractors to just do a component. So if we think about this in terms of, like in terms that most people would be familiar with, if you're building a house, you hire a contractor to build a house, general contractor, but they probably are subcontracting out things like the electrical installation or the flooring or hanging the bathroom mirrors or whatever. So they're working with all of their different subcontractors. You all are doing the same thing just for multi-million dollar airport (laughs) Things, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Got it. And because you're working with the federal government for the airports, some percentage of your subcontractors need to be small businesses, disadvantaged businesses, businesses that are owned either by women, by minorities, by people with net worths in the comprehensible range for most human beings, right? <laughs> most of us don't aren't walking around with a net worth above one and a half million. And so you have an incentive if you want to get these contracts to work with disadvantaged small businesses, right? Exactly. Supplier diversity in the government space is there's a definite, you can see the return on investment, right? So it's not a feel good thing. It's if you want to be awarded contracts, you need to figure out how to work with businesses that mirror the community that they're in. Because those uh, diversity goals that are set they're based off of market research. So it shouldn't be a number that someone just made up because it sounds good. It should be based off of how many minority businesses are there in that area that you could potentially work with. And then what happens is when you're going through even creating your proposal, you look at the possible team that you're going to put together so that you can present that proposal to the government and say, these are the people that and you have a letter of intent that you sign with the small businesses so that they will know, hey, this prime is not going to take advantage of me. They actually are telling the government that they're going to work with me. And you put that all together in a package and you submit it and you tell the government, hey, this is my strategy. And this is how we plan to win along with these small minority owned businesses. And so it sounds like. On the one hand, your subcontractors need to be very sophisticated in order to work with on projects of this scale. But what I found so compelling about what we were talking about before when we met to talk about this interview is that you're actually going out of your way to help even smaller businesses than you would normally work with by piecing out the work into even smaller components so you can engage a larger quantity of smaller businesses. Is that correct? That's correct. We are. What I always tell the small businesses, if we come to you and say, hey, can you do something for us? And as a as an entrepreneur, they're excited because they just want a contract. But you have to look at what we're asking you. Because if it's $50 million contract and we say, can you do 10% of this? And you're a team of one, you can't do it. But what I always tell them is, look at it, look at the scope and identify what can you do? And then let us know what you're able to do. And then we may be able to work with you. So maybe you that one business can do their small piece that will 
not affect their brand because you never want to do anything that you're not capable of doing and mess with your brand. And then maybe another business can fill in the gap and you may you work with multiple small businesses. And so that's one of the things that um, I tell my team at Vondalanda, as well as the small businesses. Now, another thing that we did was sponsor an entrepreneurial training institute. And it was a virtual 12-week program. We hosted it last summer. There were 71 businesses that actually applied to attend this program. We selected 30 and 22 completed it. And what we did in that particular program was we helped them with increasing their business, right? Helping them with creating business plans, with technical assistance, such as uh, bonding and insurance requirements, diversity certification, but else, and estimating and plan specifications. We helped them identify all of these things because sometimes you work with small businesses And they may need a little assistance, right? They may lack some of those technical skills in order to get work. And so what the Entrepreneurial Training Institute was, we figured if we help you and we sponsor you so that you can do better, then we can have that mutually beneficial relationship later, right? And so we're going to invest in you on the front end and hopefully it'll benefit us. But then if it doesn't benefit us, it's still going to benefit that small business in a way because they may get a contract with another company. And now they know how to estimate their work. And and they're in a safe environment. There's this classroom setting. Ask that question, right? Let us know where you need help. It can be really difficult, I know, as an entrepreneur, to say yes to things that are scary, to say no to things that are profitable, to and to being realistic about what you can deliver, right? Because we are entrepreneurs are by nature very optimistic or we wouldn't do what we do. And so I really appreciate that you're giving that kind of support, that kind of uh, training and education and leg up to your suppliers and potential suppliers. What advice do you have for other companies that maybe are starting a supplier diversity initiative? Maybe they're just getting their toe wet, just getting their feet wet with this. And where's a good place for them to begin? Hiring a full-time person for supplier diversity. (laughs) That's definitely something that I think every company has to have a full-time person. This isn't something that you can do part of the time. The the sub or small business community, they need advocates. And if someone's trying to do a whole lot of other things, they can't focus on that advocacy. And the small business know that they can contact me. I will handle resolve resolve issues. I'm also a mediator with the state of Georgia. I listen to both sides and I'm able to take myself out of it. And what companies need to do is make sure that they're presenting themselves as transparent as they can to small businesses. Whatever you say you're going to do, be accountable for it. If you tell them you're going to work with them, I'm on that particular project. If something happens, tell them that something has happened. Don't just ghost them, but make it a priority, ingrain it into the fabric of the business. So although we have our governmental contracts, which they tell us what the goal is, 
our goal as a company is to make sure that even if it's safety, that they're still looking for a minority business that they could potentially work with. And so I think that's what companies need to look at it as a wholesale thing, not just to get a government contract, but a way of changing their business and their attitude, having um, events that are inclusive. And I think constantly having that conversation, right? We did some uh, value stream mapping and we had the Kata board going and we talked about what are some pain points that we have as a company and everyone has pain points, right? And it's hard to identify when you see them, you cringe. You're like, oh my goodness, really? (laughs) But it helps you to become better as a company because each company is different. So what may work for Vondalanda may not work for another company, but when you focus on inclusiveness and what are we doing poorly and what are we doing and then focus on making the poor things better and building on your strength. Because I tell everyone, your foundation has to be solid. If you try to do too much too soon and your foundation is not solid, then your program is going to fall apart. So it's move slowly if you must, but make sure that each step is solid, that it's ingrained. And now you're moving at this slow pace, but you're moving, right? You're not going back. (laughs) You're not going backwards. So that's just to make sure you're always moving forward with inclusion. Thank you for that, because I think a lot of companies, for many companies, supplier diversity is an afterthought, and it becomes very apparent when we, as suppliers, try to register with them, for example, and it's impossible to find the page where you go to register, how do you get on the portal, or how do you contact someone with questions, and so having that built in and having somebody dedicated to it is so important. For the smaller businesses, or the smaller business owners that might be listening, or the people who would like to do business with larger companies like Bondalanda, what are some things that we should keep in mind as we're pursuing these relationships? And what's negotiable and what isn't? Okay, so something you should keep in mind is just because you meet someone at a, one of the conferences, because I, I was through the exhibition, the exhibitor booths and things, we may meet today. It does not mean on Monday, (laughs) I will have something for you. It does mean that we're building a relationship. And so it may take two, three years or so. And I will reach back and say, hey, I remember talking to you and we kept our lines of communication open. Is this something that you would like to do? But it's not always immediate. And I know when you're a small business owner, because I've been a small business owner, that you want your answer right then. You want that opportunity right then, right? Because you're thinking about all your overhead and different things that you need to take care of and your employees. But just having that patience and also not getting frustrated when you're not getting the feedback that you want. Sometimes some small business owners are a little aggressive. And and I understand the passion behind it, but you just have to balance it out because you don't want to come across desperate 
because sometimes it, the aggressiveness comes across as desperation. And you never want anyone to think that you're desperate because Vondalanda being a large corporation, if you appear desperate to us, then can they actually handle a business this size? Because this is a lot to take on. And just knowing that you are comfortable in the quality of the work that you provide or serve your services, your product, whatever it is, but just maintaining positive relationships. And I always recommend that you go to those pre-bid meetings, pre-proposal meetings that the government has, because you meet primes there. They have the sign-in sheet. You can sometimes either take a picture of the sign-in sheet or ask if they're going to provide the sign-in sheet. And relationships are made at those events. I used to work on the government side for many years. My background is government contracting and procurement. And the, the subs and primes, they really connect at those big conferences. I think small businesses to take the time out to go to different events so that they can meet people. No one's going to meet you just stuck in your office, right? <laughs> so you have to get out there and let your presence be known. That is great advice, Latanya. It's hard to remember after having been stuck inside the house for so long with the pandemic that there is a whole world out there that we need to keep getting out there and talking to folks. Where can folks go if they want to find out more about working with Vondalanda, how to get into your ecosystem if they are a, a vendor or a subcontractor that might fit into your space? So we have a supplier diversity management portal. And it's actually located on Vondalanda's webpage. So if you go to our main website, uh, Vondalanda.com, at the bottom on the left-hand side, you'll see a link, which will take you to our registration portal. What our, what our intent is for small businesses who have their diversity certifications to register in there, to let us know which certifications you have, which states that you're willing to work in. and then we can update you on opportunities that we have available. So that is our goal is to utilize that particular portal. And um, we're fairly, our portal has only been up for about 10 months. And we are still pursuing businesses and saying, hey, get on our portal so that we know that you want to work with us. One of the things with us being in baggage handling, I would have... First of all, Vondalanda, a lot of companies are like, are you a small business? Because they never heard of us. Because we're behind the scenes, really. You give your bag at the airport and you forget that it goes on that belt. That's us. <laughs> and we want you to register. We want to know that you want to work with us, that you understand what we do. And then when we have our opportunities, we can send you out a message and ask you if this is an opportunity that you want to move forward with. And it's not going to always be um, conveyors. It could be different things. Um, we deal with some professional staffing companies uh, when we are submitting our um, proposals because we have staff that does unjamming for the baggage claim. And so there are different things that people can do that they might not think of, but that they might not think are relevant for us, but it may be because we're looking at it as a corporation, not just per project. 
whatever a corporation may need to purchase, eventually there may be a need for you. <laughs> so register, bottom left, go under supplier registration link. That's the one you have to press and it'll take you into the portal and you start there. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure that we have the link on the show notes page for those who are, are watching or listening along. And Latanya, I want to thank you so much for explaining what can sometimes be perceived as a very technical process or a very mysterious process to a lot of people and exposing this, this behind the scenes look at how the contracts get done, how the work gets done and how you build relationships in that scenario. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me to come on your show. Of course. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow Lead at any level on LinkedIn and YouTube. Then join us for Including You video simulcast every Thursday at noon Eastern. Including You can also be enjoyed each week as part of the Living Corporate Audio Podcast Series, available on all major podcast platforms. Learn more at living-corporate.com. Including You is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a boutique training and consulting firm improving employee engagement and retention for companies that promote from within. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. Lead at Any Level and its logo are registered trademarks of Lead at Any Level LLC. The views and opinions of guests on our show do not necessarily reflect the positions of Lead at Any Level, Living Corporate, or the sponsors of Including You.